girls you love till the day you get older. Say what you mean and mean what you say. A man is faithful. Come what, come what may. <clears throat> What's up, dudes and chicks? Welcome back to Go Forth. I am your co-host, Jude, and we are so happy to have you. Welcome. And this is your other co-host, Christian. Welcome to the podcast. We're so happy to have you back for our 25th episode. Right, Jude? Number 25, the big 25. 25th anniversary. 25th anniversary. It's actually almost been a full year since we started the podcast. Yeah, we started in what, March? March. March-ish. I think end of March, though. So we're not Mm. quite there yet. It's going to be our... But we're on our way. Our podcast anniversary. Our podcast anniversary. Are we going to celebrate with cookie cake? Uh, actually, I can't eat cake right now. Because, well, actually, this will be cool to announce. Me and Jude are both doing Exodus 90 right now. Mm. Um, if you don't know what that is, you should go check it out. We're going to do an episode on it soon. Um, just to, like give a little update on the lights we've been receiving and the cool parts about it. But not today. Well, if not you can't t- have today, cake, Junior. If you, don't, if you can't have cake, then I don't want to be a part of it. Well, you can't have cake either, so. Okay, fine, I'm in. I think we should celebrate the 25th anniversary by everyone sending in a quarter for Jude to get a mic. Fun fact. Fun fact. (laughs) Full disclosure. I was, we were, both of us, (laughs) Crab and I, were recording this same podcast. In fact, this this very one, 10 minutes ago. (laughs) And then my computer failed. Um, but when he said that the first time, his roommate's girlfriend yeah, sent in a dollar to the Jude Mike Fund. <clears throat> yeah, so we're, we are a dollar closer. So if you guys want to, just Venmo <laughs> somebody. Guys, I'm not, I'm not broke. I'm just lazy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Jude, how's everything been, dude? It's been like a month since we've recorded. That's right. No, things have been good. Um, Crazy, but good. Um, Work is still going really well. I got um, involved with this young young adult group here, and they're so – yeah, it's a really good group of young adults, and they let me bring home the the, the holy family. It's a statue of the Holy Family to like pray with and have in your house for a week. Whoa, that's so, awesome! The Holy Family's in my house. No big deal. You're s- you're still up in Maryland, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, like, what do you do for fun up there? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I clean my house and I uh, I read. Yeah, for fun. Sometimes I. Mm, you know what? I think I should take over. Um, <laughs> the reason I ask is because for everybody listening, last night I called Jude. Or was it last night? <laughs> yeah, well, last night I called Jude around, I think it was 6 p.m.-ish. I'm going to argue my point here. I was like, Jude, what are you up to? What you doing? And I could hear like a saw in the background. He was like, well, I'm reading a book about whittling. And I was like, What? I was like, where are you? He said, oh, I'm in a woodworking shop. <laughs> I was like, you're reading a book about whittling in a woodworking shop. Which is where men go to find themselves, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a great, I was having a really good time. And look, I highly recommend 
if you have a woodworking shop near you, just go there, waste time there because it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Did you learn how to whittle? No, I didn't learn anything because I was what? under the pressure of one of my friends to leave, and it was you. Dude, I supported you all the way. No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I did learn, like, about whittling and different types of, like, whittling knives um, and different types of wood. (laughs) This sounds really lame. Let's move on. That does sound fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool. Um, I know you didn't ask, but I've been pretty good as well, Jude. How have you been, Crab? Oh, dude, I'm glad you asked. I've been pretty well as well. Uh, well, I had a pretty, well, pretty, well. pretty serious concussion last week from rugby. Hmm. Um, I was super out of my mind. I couldn't even like go to class. But I went and got an MRI. There was no internal bleeding, so all is well. When he told me that, I told him if he isn't bleeding on the inside, he's probably dead. <laughs> that was lame. Yeah, I'm, you know, if you guys want to stop listening now, you could because that was just lame. But if you don't want to stop listening, boy, do we have an episode for you today. Or Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Boy and girl, do we have an ep- Boys and girls, too. dudes and chicks, do we have an episode for you today. <laughs> Speaking of which, Jude, how about you start us off with a prayer since we always forget. Sweet. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we ask you... Um, today and every day to help us to realize that our life on this earth is a mission, a journey towards you, towards eternity, towards heaven. Inspire in us the desire for heaven, the desire to live virtue, the desire to love each other, to love you, and to sacrifice. Lord, we thank you for all of the blessings that you give us. Help us to long for you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Judas. Thanks be to God. Okay, Jude, it's the 25th episode, and I wanted Mm -hmm. to, I wanted to start something new, something fresh, something I'm going to do every episode now. Oh, I like this. Okay. It's called... Well, actually, I don't have an official name for it yet. Right now, I just have written the fun fact segment. Oh, but is this where, better. like, I, a fun fact Friday? It's not Friday, though. Yeah, that makes it even more interesting because it makes it feel like every day is Friday. This is true. This is true. Okay, but fun fact. We're just, we're just going to give you guys a fun fact every episode about the Catholic faith. It's going to be dope. And this one comes from me pondering the other night. Honestly, I knew this before, but I guess I forgot. Mm, um, real humble. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I just forgot. And I was wondering, I was like, where does the Hail Mary come from? Like, where did that prayer originate? Well, Jude, where did the Hail Mary originate from? Uh, <laughs> well, what was that little term you told me? The, it's the angelic salutation. The angelic salutation. So, in the Gospel of Luke, in the very beginning, whenever the angel Gabriel visits Mary, we call this the Annunciation, 
he actually said something very similar to what we hold as the prayer, the Hail Mary. He said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you in Luke chapter 1. And then he continued on to say basically the rest of the prayer. I don't know if it's exactly translated from the Greek to how we say it. But yeah, that's a little fun fact. And also we had a, a second little fun fact. It's like a double bonus since it's the first two, one. It's two of them. And Jude, <clears throat> you want to go ahead and say the second fun fact? Oh, yeah. Do I know it? <laughs> I think or so. am I? What what is what is it? Uh, oh, well, let me let me tell you. <laughs> the second fun fact is what a full rosary is. Oh, oh, a full what rosary. <laughs> a full rosary is actually, as we know it, like as where most people are taught, a rosary is five decades, but a full rosary would be. Um, three sets of five decades. So it would actually be 15 decades, 150 Hail Marys. And this is um, the sorrowful, the glorious, and the joyful mysteries all together. So if you ever like have a really special intention um, or just if you want to say a full rosary, then that would be how you do it. It's 150 Hail Marys. Oh, dude, what was the thing in that book you were reading and you were telling me about how, you know, five decades, like a five decade rosary is like giving Mary, what was it? Yeah, so it was like, um, shoot, what was it? Okay, I remember, but I just, since you're reading the book, I just figured you should say it. But uh, no, Jude told me that in this book he's reading, <laughs> it says that... Uh, like a five-decade rosary, the one that we're usually accustomed to, is like you're giving Mary a rose, mm. right? And then the full rosary, so the 15-decade rosary, including all the mysteries, is like giving Mary like the most beautiful bouquet of flowers and crowning her with a crown, a of, crown of flowers, yeah. Flowers, which is such a beautiful image. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, so well, that's basic, the fun facts. Basi- basically, pray the rosary. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, cool. That was fun. That was and fun it was, fact. It was, it was fun and factful. And segmental. And it's not so, Friday. Moving on. Let's get let's into it. it, dude. Should we Crab. do it? Yeah, let's do it. What are we going to talk about today, dude? Well... I don't know, dude. I think we should talk about the church. Okay, I'm in. I mean, dude. Okay, for everybody listening, we wanna we're gonna kind of get into a little discussion here. Me and Jude have been talking recently, and we've noticed, um, especially in the parish that I live near, and Jude's been seeing it around sometimes, but we've started to notice a lot of. I guess you could say disrespect, but I guess lack of respect for the Eucharist. Um, So today we kind of wanted to talk about the real presence and kind of the decline of, I guess, faith in the real presence that we're seeing in the church today. Yeah, reverence. Um, And reverence, yeah. So 
I don't know. I I guess I could just start off by saying, if, I mean, something I witnessed recently, which kind of really threw me off for a loop. So tell me what you think about this, Jude. Okay. So here at school, at the the parish here at Louisiana Tech, um, they offered adoration at 5.30 on Friday. And so I was like, sweet, I want to go to adoration. That sounds awesome. So I show up a little early to to pray my rosary, and 5.30 rolls around. It's just me and this other dude in the chapel. And I'm like, well, where's Father? Like, who's going to expose the Eucharist? All of a sudden, this this other student, this regular dude, he just goes, please, Neil. And I was like, what's going on? (laughs) And this dude just walks up to the tabernacle, opens it up, takes out Jesus, puts it into the monstrance, and... Yeah, and I was like, what the heck is going on? And I don't know. I guess to some people, maybe that doesn't sound too crazy. Um, But kind of what we want to get into is talking about the real presence. So I don't know, dude, tell us about the real presence. Like, Yeah, I like when I hear a story like that or when I witness something like that, and this is something that I've really been going through a lot lately um, is just the simple, the simple thought, bro. Like if that's really Jesus Christ, if that's really Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, then everything changes. Um, And I don't think it's our place as no, actually it's not that just i don't think it it's that it's what the church says that it's not our place as lay people to just be able to approach the tabernacle and open it and take jesus out um and i think it and maybe some people would have different arguments for this um but i would say it shows a lack of reverence for the eucharist because you know what like the fact that that's actually Jesus Christ um, says like you should be ordained you should be a priest a deacon to be able to um, to like just approach the tabernacle and take Jesus out and expose him for Eucharistic adoration or um, anything in that sense and that doesn't account for what the church says about extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion. Um, that's a whole different ball game. But yeah, what that, was it? It wasn't up until like Vatican II that lay people weren't even allowed, like up near yeah. the altar, right? Yeah, like Vatican Vatican II allowed for extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion. That's how they call it, and. Um, this says that in, in cases where it's needed, people can bring, uh, the Holy Eucharist to the sick. And this also says that lay people can assist the priest in distributing communion at mass. Now, the distinction is it should only be in a case where there's a large amount of people this is how it's stated in the documents that, well, not word for word, 
but it should only be in an instance where there's a large amount of people and it would like prolong the time of the mass so much that the priest needs help which in most parishes is not the case not the and what case is what what is it what does it lead to dude it leads to just people like people who probably don't even really believe that the eucharist is jesus christ and yeah say that i'm making broad assumptions or whatever but just look at it like look at it and say this is if if that's really jesus christ these people like have no clue what's going on um i don't know i don't know but we can get we can get more into it sorry i got sidetracked (laughs) no i mean that's exactly what i was asking um and you know it goes into the whole receiving the eucharist on the hand instead of the tongue um it's a whole it's a whole thing that's another thing that me and jude were discussing as well was um like the origins of when people were allowed to start receiving eucharist in the hands and because i think it was vatican II as well before then mm-hmm. um you could only receive the eucharist kneeling down on the tongue right um, but after, what was, how, how about you tell us a little bit about that, Jude? Cause I know you delved a little deeper into this. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was reading about it and it, it basically started in like, uh, Holland, Belgium, France, Hungary, where people would have to get a certain, uh, I forget the exact word for it. People would have to get a certain, like, um, permission yeah permission from the bishop to be able to receive on the hand um and this was for different different situations or different cases but then it became like the norm bishops in the u.s started pushing for it i don't even know the reason why um but people the bishops started pushing for it and then it became a thing where the the bishops just they said it's it's up to you you can you can um decide in your own diocese if you want to just allow people to receive in the hand or if you want to permit people to um, receive on the tongue and this again is one of those things that i feel like leads to this lackadaisical mindset of what the Eucharist truly is. Yeah, I agree. And it also leads to more people being able to um, steal the Eucharist and desecrate the Eucharist. Because I've heard plenty of stories of, oh yeah, I was in Mass and I was like, whatever, watching people receive the Eucharist and I watched this one kid put it in his pocket. Or there are stories of like, people bringing jesus christ the eucharist back to the pew and just like leaving it in the pew that's insane dude (laughs) again if this is jesus christ people everything should change the way we think about receiving the eucharist our reverence toward the eucharist this should all this should all change it shouldn't just be like um I don't know. It shouldn't it shouldn't just be like something we do on Sundays because we've always done it. Um Crab, can you hear me? 
Oh, oh. sorry, you froze for a second. <laughs> oh, dude, you were not moving at all. <laughs> oh, dude, it's um, okay. I'm here. Uh, that was a really long pause. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We're still here. Nobody worry. <clears throat> Um, I just kind of missed what Jude said because he was super frozen. Yeah, but I did hear you talking about, um, you know, it changes the way we think um, if we really believe that it's Jesus Christ. And it also really changes the way, like, we would even enter a church if we believe that the Eucharist is Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah. Like, if you walk into a church and, I don't know, you're just acting like you're walking into another convenience store. It's wrong. If you really believe that that's Jesus Christ, you're going to enter enter into a church like your Lord and Creator and Savior is right there in front of you. And, you know, another thing we mentioned when in preparing for the podcast was like genuflecting. Mm-hmm. Like the point of genuflecting because if that's really Jesus Christ, like the point of genuflecting is to show reverence to a physical statement that the person in front of you is much greater and much more glorious than you, right? Yeah. Kind of humbling yourself before the person in front of you. Yeah, I actually <clears throat> I watched that video from Father Mike Schmitz and he said he gave three reasons to genuflect, which I I will read now. Um first one, like you just said, is humility. Showing like Lord before you we are um like like we give you our all you're god you created us like humility the second is to show like um people would bow before or uh genuflect before kings to show that we are at your service um and and it's it's the servant in us that says lord i'm at your service and whatever you ask of me i will do or try my best to do and do it faithfully and the third thing is love um because we love god and we respect him um and father mike gives the example what does a man do when he wants to spend the rest of his life with a woman he gets down on one knee and he by that says i'm yours i give myself totally to you and if we truly love God, then we would be willing to do the same. But it takes everything out of place when we realize that a lot of Catholics, a lot of Catholics, in fact, um, two thirds of Catholics don't believe that Jesus Christ is really present in the sacrament, in, in the Holy Sacrament, in the Holy Eucharist. Yeah, dude. Oh my like, gosh. This this was a study that was done last year, and it was I don't have all the numbers right in front of me, but basically sixty nine percent of Catholics thought or think, believe I don't know whatever that the the Eucharist is just a symbol, that it's just um, it's just bread. Well, then and, you're not really Catholic. Yeah, and I, I don't. I don't think it's I don't think it's that shocking that we see all the things that we do. But for those of us who who do truly believe that Jesus Christ is present in the Eucharist, then it's really hard to watch people come into a church and do that like half hearted genuflection. 
that like or not genuflect at all yeah and i don't know and okay this is kind of the next thing just going off of all this it's sad seeing seeing lay people do this you know it's even worse is seeing priests that that do the minimum that you can tell that they're just not fully fully in it and you can just see their lack of faith and it's it's really disheartening to to lay people to see that as well because the priest is supposed to be a sign of faith um a leader a leader in faith and i don't know dude i know <laughs> i mean we've been talking about it a lot like we've just been mm-hmm. seeing a good number of priests and by their actions and also by the way they conduct their their parish because i know here it's really sad because the tabernacle is like in the side of the church like in this weird corner not even it's not center and present in the center like it should be the center of everything because that's jesus christ and that's the whole reason we're there okay so to put jesus off to the side like that it's just I don't know. It kind of sucks. Yeah, I was telling, um, maybe I was telling you about the experience I had the other night, a couple of weeks ago, in Georgetown. Um, I walked into this. I walked into this church, um, this Catholic church, um, and I forget the name of it, or else I would say it and warn people not to go there. <laughs> But uh, we went in there, and it it didn't have like any color. Like it was all white. It was it had marble stations of the cross around it. Um, like everything was just white. And I walked in. And I started praying, and like naturally, when I walk in, I look for the tabernacle to genuflect because I unlike a lot of Catholics, believe that Jesus is truly there. <laughs> um, and that's a sign of respect, so I do it. And when that like moment came, I realized I couldn't find the tabernacle. So I was like, okay. There, like Mass was starting, so I was like, okay, I'll find... It's First of all, it's weird that you have to walk into a church and find the tabernacle. Yeah. It should be right there where you can see it because the point of the church is to be the house of God. <laughs> okay. So if you don't know where God is, if you don't know where Jesus Christ is at, what's the point of all this church is the point of it. So we can all see father. And so that father can be the center of everyone's t- No, it's not. And it's not so that we can all see the pretty, whatever, like, I don't know. <laughs> stand you have for people to read at like that's not what the point of this church is anyway um so we we go on and the whole mass dude like it was just weird like the priest was just inserting his own like if you've been to a catholic mass you know there's like parts of the mass that are to be followed for it to be a catholic mass and um i don't know the whole time he was just like inserting words where he wanted and going off on little tangents and then like he kept calling the mass the holy sacrifice he kept calling eucharist he would say 
we're all gathered here at Eucharist and yada yada yada, <laughs> whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah, we're at we're at mass, we're at you know. But he kept calling it Eucharist, and he was like, if you have an addiction, if you're addicted to drugs or alcohol or pornography, you're in the right place. Just come and receive the Eucharist and be healed and all this stuff. And I was thinking like, wow, okay, like this guy's really you know (laughs) and then i was thinking he's definitely going to say something about cleanse your hearts go to confession make a good confession um no that didn't happen at all and that really that really bothered me because i really felt like we were in a place where a priest the priest the main celebrant didn't wasn't conveying well that this is truly Jesus Christ, and we have to have a clean heart to receive him in the Eucharist. This isn't just for everybody. And I feel like that's something that has to be like better understood. This, Guys, this is serious stuff. <laughs> Agreed. But, I mean, it's serious stuff if, <laughs> like we said earlier, if you truly believe that the Eucharist is Jesus Christ body blood soul and divinity and that's what it all falls back on that's what everything falls back on um it's kind of crazy and yeah i have another example is whenever i was telling about this random dude um exposing the eucharist for adoration here at tech I was like, okay, well, maybe... I was trying to, like, justify it in my head. I was like, well, maybe Father and Deacon are busy or whatever. Nah, dude. Deacon and Father, like, showed up in the middle of adoration. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? If you they're know, here, why not? You know, Crab, like, actually... And I think this is a good insert point to all Catholics. If you're listening to this and you notice these things in your parish, or you notice these things at your school, do not be afraid to, first of all, tell the priest something. Like, hey, Father, I really I really feel like if you're here, um, like you should do these things. Or I really feel like um, this person isn't really showing God the reverence God deserves. Or if you feel uncomfortable doing that, but you truly want to make a difference, like write a letter to your bishop and tell the bishop, like, yeah, this priest is just letting like, like lay people go up to the tabernacle, do whatever he wants, because that's the way we're going to, that's the way we have to like stand up for our faith nowadays. Yeah. And it's sad in... that it's, it's become such a, like, like I said, lackadaisical thing where it's just like, yeah, dude, anybody can, anybody can, give out communion it's the eucharist it's catholic church it's 2020 dude chill like no that's not the face of faith that we profess and that we believe that's not it oh yeah i don't know dude we're in we're in very tough times um show no dog yeah but i mean it's up to the people to make a change, like to make a difference. Like, of course we do have the hierarchy, the higher, hierarch, hierarch, I'm not even going to try. 
<laughs> we have we have the hierarchy of the church. There we go. Maybe I don't know. But just as much as we have that, like us as lay people are called to do our part and to like speak up as well. Mm-hmm. And to see atrocities like this is that's our call. That's yeah. our call to step up and to do something. Um, one one other thing that I kind of touched on that I really want to reiterate is that um, that you should you have to be in the state of grace in order to receive holy communion. Stop going to Holy Communion if you know you have mortal sin on your soul. And first go to confession. Because if you receive the Eucharist in the state of mortal sin, you are you are um, performing, I don't know, sacrilege. It's another mortal sin. And this is something that I feel like is so rampant in the world today. You know, you know, crap, I was talking to Father Mariano this morning, and he said he was talking with some priest friends in Germany, um, diocesan priest. And this German diocesan priest said that all year in 2019, crap, guess how many confessions this diocesan priest heard? Oh, man, I really don't want to hear how many. Three. In a year? A whole year, and he's in charge of a parish. Oh, my gosh. Three confessions. I don't think we understand how bad the problem is in our church. Man, that's crazy, dude. That is That is so sad. And and you know what? Like, we think it's bad here in the States. I was, like, questioning him, like, Father, like, this is really bad. He said what's bad here, like, as we know it, like, what's bad here in the States is, like, considered good in Germany. Like, traditional in Germany. Yeah. We need to pray yeah. for our church. <laughs> we need to pray for our priest. Agreed. And to everybody listening, like, you as well. Please. Please pray for your church. I have a really cool story I want to share um, just regarding the the topic of having faith and respect in the real presence of the Eucharist. Um, it's a really, really awesome story. I don't know if any of you have heard of Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Oh, wait, but, dude. Wait. What? Did we tell the story of how that story came about, you and I, in adoration that one night? No. Wait, what? Have we told that story on the podcast? I don't even know what story you're talking about. Dude, what? You remember? Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. This is good, though. Remember, you and I, we were in France, and we were, one day we were, like, talking or something, and we started talking about, like, irreverence for the Eucharist or whatever. And then you brought up the story of that little girl, the one you're about to tell. And then we went to adoration. We went to adoration later that night, and I read it in my book. Oh yeah! And then oh I my gosh! You, this... 
And I was like completely shocked. And I was like, crap, you were just saying this like hours <laughs> ago. Dude, I was like rocked. <laughs> but it was like it was like one of those moments where I was like, I like had to pinch myself like, oh my gosh, God is real. <laughs> you know? Man, anyway. I forgot that even happened. Man, I must anyway. tell this story a lot then. But <laughs> proceed. um yeah but if you know who archbishop fulton sheen is um he was asked one day like what what inspired him to i don't know pursue pursue holiness just to try to be the best he can be in his faith and he brought up the story of this little girl from china her name is lee um and back in the early mid 1900s um the communists were Okay, let's just say this. Christianity was basically outlawed in China. And people who were caught practicing their faith, like practicing Christianity, were either imprisoned or tortured or even killed. Um, So super, super bad over there. And one day at this little girl's parish, these soldiers came in and they just started desecrating the church. Like they were shooting the tabernacle and then... They went up and they took the ciborium that had all of the consecrated hosts in it and they just threw them all over the ground. And then they imprisoned the priest. They took the priest and imprisoned him. And so actually how the story is known is they, they imprisoned the priest in, I forget what it was. It's super crazy. I'll just look at the story. But basically the priest from where he was imprisoned, he could see inside the church. And after the soldiers had left the priest saw through this little hole in his cell like he saw inside the church and he saw this little girl lee and she was still there and this little girl left and she told her parents about how the eucharist fell to the ground whatever well every night i think i forget the number but i think there were like 30 30 odd um hosts on the ground right so every night for the next 30 odd days she would go into this she would sneak into the church because the guards were like guarding this this whole place because they had people in prison there she would sneak in and she would have eucharistic adoration for an hour kneeling in front of these hosts on the ground and at the end she would receive the eucharist on her tongue she would (laughs) receive the eucharist off of the ground with her tongue um, and she would keep going back every night and the priest would sit there and he would pray for her because he didn't want her to get caught with all these soldiers around. Well, on the very last night, there's one host left. She went to the church and she did her adoration and towards the end, the soldiers actually caught her and they killed her. Um, I'm not sure how true this part of the story is, but this is what I read is that she got shot while she was there kneeling and she didn't die instantly and she actually crawled over to the last host and received it as she was dying whoa super powerful story (laughs) whoa (laughs) and that like you hear that and the amount of reverence that this little 10 year old girl had for the Eucharist and then you go to your local parish and you see just utter <laughs> a zoo sacrilege. yeah it's a zoo <laughs> it's super sad like people die for this 
people have given their lives because of their faith in the Eucharist. Yeah. Some people, some people, uh, not some people. I don't even know why I said that. Um, there was this, who was it? Maybe it was Gandhi. I don't know. Said something like, um, if, if Catholics truly believed that the Eucharist was real, they wouldn't even be able to, they, they would like only be able to walk into a church on their knees. And they would only be able to, they would be able to do nothing but reverence God. Like that's the, that was the point of what he was saying. And I, man, like, I truly believe that if you're a Catholic, I, I, I ask you and I'm praying for you really think about what the Eucharist is. Really think about the profession that you make every Sunday at mass, read through it. Like, don't just let it be something that, Oh yeah, I better memorize this or else I'm going to look funny and Sunday <laughs> on Sunday mass or whatever, like read it. And then, um, uh, if you're not Catholic, I advise you to read more about the Catholic faith and to read about the Eucharist and to see truly that this is the church that Christ himself instituted um, and that it is heavily under attack from the devil. Um, And I don't know, like Crab and I talk a lot about this, but for a lot of people, people who don't have faith in the Eucharist and faith in the sacraments, that's very scary. But for for those in the church that do have faith and do believe that this is the church that Jesus Christ instated, there's a lot of like excitement and fighting for truth that is found within all the ugliness of the Catholic faith. And I think we're going to make an episode soon about different things that are happening in the Catholic church that um, definitely need discussing. But... Um. Yeah, I don't know, Crab. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, not really. It is very sad to to see these things happening in the church. Um, but like you said, this is a call to action. This isn't to just sit on the sidelines and watch and mope about. Yeah. Like this is this is our call to action and. Yeah, it is. It, as much as it is exciting, like it is scary as well. But, um, yeah, dude, let's freaking let's pray for our church. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, we have to. We have to for sure, and we have to pray for, like, how, how much we must hurt, um, Jesus' heart every time Jesus is left alone in the sacrament. Imagine all the tabernacles that have nobody praying truly in front of them. How many times Jesus Christ is received um, irreverently or how many times he's just brushed off as a symbol. This is something that we have to change in our, in our church. Um, I completely forgot one other thing that I wanted to say. Oh, I don't know. That's okay. I forgive you. Dude, thanks. Hey, it's no problem. But yeah, if if you're listening, like go take 
20, 30 minutes out of your life, go to your adoration chapel at your church or whatever, and just spend some time in front of the Eucharist. Don't be afraid to to put yourself in front of the Eucharist because God will reveal himself to you if you give him the time and the effort and the faith. Yeah, I think so. that's what it all comes that's what it all comes back to. Like ask God for an increase in your faith. And every time you're at mass, ask God to help you believe that that's truly him. It's not it's not easy, guys. And we know it's not easy. And I'm here comes the disclosure moment of Crab and I know that this isn't easy and we don't per- perfectly practice this. Like we don't have the gift of like perfect faith to see what the mass is as it like truly is with all the angels and saints there worshiping with us. But, um, but I, I said at the beginning and I'll say it again, if you truly believe that that's Jesus Christ present in the Eucharist, things would change. In fact, everything would change the way you have reverence and receiving Jesus Christ the way you pray when you're in the presence of Jesus Christ, even the amount of respect that you show when you walk into a church to let your knee hit the ground, to make the sign of the cross and say, Jesus, I love you. Um, Or whatever, small prayer, Jesus, I trust in you. Um, Like this, and, and even you have no clue how these small acts of faith and fidelity to the Eucharist can inspire others around you to realize that, hey, this this Eucharist thing that I've been hearing about, it isn't just a symbol. That's actually Jesus Christ. And I yeah. want to love him, you know? And Christ will reward such a faith. I mean, you see it all throughout the Gospels. Whenever people have faith in Christ, like, I mean, I just recently, one of my favorite Gospel passages is, uh, the lady who's been suffering from hemorrhoids for her life, and she has such a she has so much faith in a hemorrhage, power. dude. That's what. The, uh, <laughs> what did I say? Hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, not the point. <laughs> She has so much faith that she just <laughs> touches his garment and she's healed. And he rewards such a great faith. So, I don't know, dude. I think that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. yeah. You got anything else? I just hope these words sink in with people who hear them. Like, I, I mean, you know it, how much I've been like stressing out about things that I see day to day at, like, whether it be at the local church or just I read about and, um, it's not like we're waiting on a persecution, man. The persecution's happening now. (laughs) Like, like people are against us and the devil is definitely trying to attack our church. So let's be on guard and let's stand up for what we truly believe. Agreed. (laughs) Endorsed by me.
but other than that, dude, um, yeah. 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 Okay. Now, everybody, if you have any questions or any comments, hit us up at Go Forth Podcast on Instagram. Send us a DM. Is that it? Go Forth Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Hit us up there. Let us know what you think. Tell us how you feel about the podcast. And if you have any uh, topics, suggestions, or whatever, set us up. Also, remember, today's the 25th anniversary. So send Jude a quarter <laughs> so he can get a new mic or get a mic, not even a new mic. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but my voice has sounded beautiful this whole time. And Jude's sounds like a chainsaw so <laughs> um i'm gonna i'm gonna let that one go i'll let you have that one thank you <laughs> but um yeah dude uh, i'm super i'm super looking forward to next podcast and all that well let's wrap it up like my christmas presents that i don't wow. get because that it's was, that was weird. February, <laughs> and let's make like a baby and head out this no. way. No. <laughs> 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 okay, okay, uh, that's enough. Let's get out of here. Go forth. The podcast is ended. Thanks, Speedy God.